I'm at the Cape Cod Symposium on Addictive Disorders. This is the 32nd annual CCSAD hosted by C4 Events. This is where I get my hands on the experts and the professionals in the field of addiction and mental health disorders. So you can have more help, more support, more connection to the information that is going to bring your family back from the brink of destruction, from these destructive habits, these destructive patterns. I'm Aaron Huey. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. If there was only a facility, um, and I, I have only ever heard of one. Uh, across from me is Gordon and Stacy. They're from Westbridge. Uh, where are you guys located? are located in Manchester, New Hampshire. Manchester, New Hampshire. Okay. Um, if only there was a facility that when somebody in the family who was suffering from, you know, mental illness or a, a, a drug dependency, addiction, internet, gaming, sex, these types of things, that the whole family went for 28 days, you know, 60 days, 90 days of full immersion treatment, like the, the singular patient of the family is doing. Like I said, I only know of one. I heard about it out in Malibu, and it's a 90-day program for the whole family. It's some ungodly amount of money. Who has 90 days away from work? Who can afford that? But nonetheless, you can imagine their success. That's an ideal situation. I bring that up because we're talking about you know healing the family system and this is one of the things that at fire mountain we pride ourselves on our family intervention and when i was introduced to you guys that's what was brought forward is your family intervention process at westbridge so talk about that first and then let's get into some meat and potatoes for families so we at westbridge feel really strongly that families have to be involved in um, in the treatment itself. And so what that looks like for us is we utilize a model called family education and support, and it's based on a behavioral family therapy model, and it's really psychoeducational based. So it's not a time to pull together and talk about you know shame and blame, but it's really to educate on the illness and on the process of recovery, and not only for their son or their brother or their husband or spouse that's in treatment, but for the whole family. And so to really look at what are everybody's goals within treatment and what do they want to get out of it, not just for their loved one in treatment, but for themselves. Okay. And a lot of, a lot of programs we all know, you know, whether it's a wilderness program or a 30 day or a, you know, multi-month type of program. Uh, we've, one of the biggest complaints we hear from families in the industry is like, we went to a weekend we went to a parent week. My kid was there for six months. I got to, I got one visitation. We did therapy on the phone, but I got one visitation. This is not your guy's model. Correct. No, we actually emphasize and encourage and expect, actually is probably a better word, expect family, is the word. family involvement. And so, again, um, right from the beginning. So we usually, if possible, the family members, we ask them to be there during the admission, um, but we make connection immediately after to engage them in that process. How often? Um, at least, so at least a couple of times a week. Um, so including, um, we utilize, I should say, phone and video conference because a lot of our family members are from out of state. Of course. And so um, anywhere, we, usually we do the FES sessions once a week, and then we'll do another clinical update a second time a week. FES. Yes, family education and Thank support. Thank yep. Family education and support. Now, this is, is that, is that considered family therapy? No, so it's a little bit different, and, and we really try to explain that right from the beginning because some families have sort of a visceral reaction. 
reaction to family therapy that perhaps they've been through it before. <laughs> and it's, we're going to talk about all the problems and, you know, blame each it's other. mom's and, fault. Dad's yeah, not around. And, and we really try to emphasize that's really not what it's about. We actually start the process with what we call a comfort agreement, which is really everybody identifying their expectations for the meeting. So oftentimes we see on there like using I statements and then we teach people how to do that and no shaming and no blaming or not bringing up the past, um, which eventually sometimes it will come up, but to try to you know stay in the moment and recovery and solution focused. Okay. Do you guys utilize behavior contracts or stuff like that? Or cause you're working with 18 and up. So is that too old or is that still pretty good? Uh, I don't know. We don't really use the word behavior contracts, but I will say, I mean, depending on the family and the participant, I mean, clearly there's expectations sometimes, and yeah. sometimes that's how their son or their you know brother or spouse gets to treatment is based on some kind of expectation um, or agreement mutually that they have together. Okay. All right. And so the 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 old model being that that there's a broken family member and we've got to fix this family member and now uh, so we send them to treatment and the family can all take a deep breath and relax and the kid will come back the young adult will start to reinvolve we can all have a relation get again is false because well yeah Sorry, bad news, but uh, you're <laughs> go you're going to be involved too if your if your parents and you're sending uh, your son to Westbridge. You know when uh, when they arrive, many families have been through six, seven, even more treatments. Um, because we're co-occurring, we'll treat both simultaneously: mental health and a substance use disorder. So it's not just uh, yeah, um, fix fix son and and then come back and everything's going to be okay. We're going to bring you in, integrate you into all of it, and the FES modules are all about that. And in the calls weekly, you know, you will have your comfort agreements, you'll have uh, safety built uh, into the call. And uh, yeah, there is, their there, there is the little update here and there, but it's like, um, well, what are you doing, Dad? Uh, what are you doing, Mom? Um, you know, making sure that they have their resources outside so they get well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you said FES modules, so the families are expected to see themselves through a whole series. And and do you have parents who just flat out say, no, I'm not going to do this, I'm not the problem? Which pretty much allows a therapist to go, well, see, you are. Yes. But <laughs> yes. You have a mixed bag. Yeah. Don't be that family. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah, of course. Um, because the... the you know they've been jaded in many ways and been through so much that it's uh, it's not me. You know, so yeah, you're going to have variations. You're going to have uh, stages of change within the family, stages of change within the individual that's there. Um, so, but yeah, of course, we do our best. To, that's where we come in, and that's the work that we do. We're, we'll, we'll talk. There's an FES interview. I know we'll. Do the do the background, uh, you know. Ask them, and even sometimes we bring siblings into the uh, the equation. So, yeah. Yeah, and and with the modules themselves, I don't even know how many that we've we've had and we've created over the years. But just to give you an idea of some of them, Gordon mentioned one. So stages of change is definitely one. But basic communication skills, problem solving skills, teaching people how to do that and work through that, and then certainly 
um, things on specific substances or specific mental illness that might be um, applicable to that family. And we're pretty mindful of which ones we start out with. So we might do, again, stages of change, the role of the family, or problem solving or stress management. So that way it's really applicable to everybody to really just to kind of set the stage for we're not here to just talk about one person. Let's, you know, take them outside of that and, and we all are going to be part of this. You guys said something and talked about something off mic that I feel is very important to address and that was bringing the siblings in. And, and a, lot of the, a lot of treatment facilities when it comes time for, for family intervention or family counseling or family therapy or FES, uh, that that again implies that it's going to be the the parents and the identified patient of the family, but you guys actually were talking about bringing siblings in. How do you do that? How do you work with the different age dynamics of the siblings? So we actually, as part of the initial ad admissions assessment, uh, have that conversation with the potential participant or maybe the caller, which oftentimes is the parent or the right. spouse. Um, who is important and who, who do we want to be involved? And sometimes people will flat out say, I really want my sister to be involved. Sometimes people will say, I'm not there yet. Right, and so, right, right, right. you know, we kind of keep that on the radar because hopefully we'll get to a point where we are there um, <laughs> and to be able to incorporate them in. But um, we try to be as flexible as possible because oftentimes, you know, siblings have their lives too. And um, interestingly, well, another service that or just part of our program that we do is every year we have a family weekend, but it's more of a weekend of hope. So it's not an intensive mm -hmm. kind of therapy. It's really about recovery and hope. And over the last couple of years, it's been incredible to see how many uh, siblings we've, we've had come. And so we'll do breakout groups. And I think um, our last one we had, I don't know, maybe eight siblings altogether. Wow. First of all, super powerful to see yeah. them all connecting with one another. And it's really interesting because what we've learned is there's this dynamic of I really want to help my sibling, but I also really want to live my life too. And so much, you know, attention has been placed on them and focus. And so, um, you know, finding that and then feeling guilty about that because, you know, they, they want to see their loved one and their sibling get help, but they also want to, you know, spend some time on themselves as well. So it's an interesting dynamic. And then it comes back to kind of just breaking down that shame and um, barriers that sometimes we put up ourselves of, of judgment and what we should be doing and shouldn't be doing and all of that. How long is treatment at Westbridge? Um, it can, well, it's residential and then there's the ACT program was assertive community treatment. So a residential stay can be anywhere from two months, three months, okay. six months, um, okay. all dependent. And then transition out into ACT services, you know, community-based integration, does that mean like sober living and stuff like that? Or is that just saying that they're still connected to the facility, but they're living at home? They, we find we help find um, apartments in the area. Gotcha, gotcha. They're all okay. within the, re, um, you know, three or four mile radius yeah. of, of the office, ideally. Yeah. You know, for the model to work best. Um, so, yeah. And then working with folk specialists who want to get back to school, finding jobs. So it sounds like there's there's also kind of a, the failure to launch component as well that you guys are helping with job skills, getting them apartments, yeah. actually watching them launch into being independent. Yeah, well now you're you're stable. Now you've got some um, recovery under your belt, you know. So now you're ready to get back to where things got uh, derailed, so to speak. And now it's just, you know, passing that on, helping that the continuum of care to 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 keep go that bit further um, on on job support as well, you know, following up like that. Um, and then just, you know, getting to meetings, you know, a lot of them, you know, may not have uh, access to transport 
uh, individual transportation, whatever, you know, so they, you know, we have to take them out, uh, go to meetings. All of that is still, um, you know, the evidence-based uh, community integration that we're still trying to, like, evolve into and um, continue on with them. One of the, the things that I would add to that, too, that we really see with families is um, they get to be parents again and they get to be family members. I mean, so often they've become the case manager, the therapist, the you know person that brings them to meetings or tries to bring them to meetings, the person the that's Uber calling driver. school, yeah, yeah. yeah, trying to make you know get them to appointments or bringing them there, picking up their medications, yeah. monitoring if they're taking their medications. And so, you know, part of what we, we hope to do with families is to really, again, with that education and, and, and a lot of validation of like, we get it. And there's a fine balance too there, right? Because we're asking parents to kind of let go a little bit and let's help you, you know, to get into this position where you can be loving and supportive family members. And that means, you know, things sometimes like setting limits and different communication styles, um, but you don't have to be all of those things. And so providing those supports um, such as we do in the assertive community treatment program. Th that's a big deal. What you just said, Stacy, because that, that is one of the things that parents uh, come in feeling and don't know that every other parent whose kid is in the facility or loved one is in the facility has also been feeling. And we're just not talking about children. Because you guys are working with adults. You could be talking about a husband, but the wife is, because you're gender specific with men. So the wife or the other husband might be saying, you know, it's been three years since I've actually been your husband. I've been your nurse. I've been your, uh, I've been your cab driver. I've been your ambulance. I've been your caretaker. I've been your, your pharmacy. I've been, and I just want to go back to being in relationship with you as we originally designed. Like they're mourning the traditional original relationship that they agreed to that they signed up for mm -hmm. like no 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 mom signs up to be a nurse for their own kids right. and so that's a big deal what else what else do you see you know uh, uh, parents coming in and they're dealing with stuff and they're just like well in our family we found that is an issue and you're like well yeah every family feels that who comes in here and they're like what <laughs> it's like it's like the things that make families feel terminally unique no one else understands, and this is going to kill us. What are some things that you guys see with your parents that they don't know other parents are dealing with? I, I just want to, for some reason, I feel like this is direct. I could go, I could talk about this, what we do, but yeah. I think the family mentoring, you know, just what, how you were just talking there. I mean, that's, yeah, you sound like a parent that has been through the program, has seen their son get well, and now they're able to kind of turn around and, and, and extend that hope. The, right. the next parent that's coming in and, you know, talk about those things that what it looks like, you know, because you have become nurse, you have become, you know, the caretaker. Right. Um, and the, the, the mothers uh, are wonderful at that. For some reason, we can't get the dads uh, <laughs> on the mentoring side of things, you know, uh, doing that so much. So it's kind of like closed off. It's, there's a lot of themes well, that's uh, one of, of them themes. right there. What you just said is yeah. about is about the mothers seem to be able to come on and translate the the caretaker, pharmacist, Uber driver back into being the mom again. The dads remain pretty lost in their disappointment. Yeah, there's uh, definitely a theme of uh, especially on the family calls. Mama's mama's taken. She's the voice on the call, yeah. and sometimes you're trying to draw a dad into it. Um, a little bit more and sometimes you know uh depending on that that week maybe mom didn't make it and it's a whole different dynamic yeah. than when it's just the, the dad that's on the call so you're you're trying to 
uh, draw all of that out and wonder, figuring out what's the dynamic, what's not being said, what needs to be said. Um, yeah, what their role is. Right, I mean, right. You want to say more to what Stacey? Well, I just think, you know, one of the other things, too, that, that we see sometimes and then we see families start to connect on it, whether it be through the mentoring or the family weekend, um, but this concept of, like, secrecy and shame and things that maybe yeah. maybe parents have done for their child or, you know, a, a wife or a husband has done for their spouse or a sibling, anywhere from, you know, well, I was afraid that they were going to overdose, so I was kind of monitoring how much they were using or, you know, supporting them, they feel, and, you know, even obtaining the substance sometimes, and then there's so much guilt and shame of what was, you know, what was I doing? And it was like, well, actually, we're doing what you thought you needed to do to keep them alive, and that becomes a really powerful thing that I think sometimes family members can join around as well um, because they think you know nobody else would do this and I wouldn't dare tell somebody that I did this but really you know they're doing what they needed to do at at the time and what they thought was best you know you have said something in the last uh, that that I because I work with little kids I don't hear this too much but as I interview facilities that work with a lot of adults um, I think five or six times in the in the past two days I've heard people referencing uh, uh, parents who've bought drugs for their kids because they're afraid of their kids going out and buying drugs for themselves and getting hurt. And this is this is also the same type of thing where a parent will be okay, quote, end quote, with their kids using drugs in their own basement because they're saying at least they're home. At least I know where they are. And when we talk to uh, people who specialize in commentary around enabling, they say things like, and I've said this, you're providing a comfortable place for your child to die. And that's true. That's not not true. However, um, parents are only working with what they have. And the idea that maybe today mom said, if my kid goes out, they're not coming back. I better go out for them. Because if they don't get their drugs, they'll die. And if they go out and get their drugs today, I think they're going to die. I better go get it for them. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, language is such a powerful thing, especially when it, you know, comes to engagement and breaking down the barriers and getting families to engage with us. And so, you know, that's a word that they have some discomfort with sometimes that enabling word. And we try to help them frame it around anchoring and not to say that it's something we want you to continue to do um, in terms of the way that you might support your loved one. Um, But it at least breaks it down to be able to, you know, put it just as you said of, you know, you were working with what you had and you were doing what you felt you needed to do to keep them alive. Um, Now we can look at doing things a little bit differently now that you have supports in place and that we're all on the same page and willing to be involved. Does Westbridge work, Westbridge work with insurance or private pay? What are how do you guys handle financing? So both we do um, have we do work with some insurance. It's okay. listed on our website um, as well as private pay. Okay. One of the downsides, you know, of, of any kind of community based outpatient longer term treatment is you know insurance companies aren't quite there yet with um, you know being able to to recognize and and pay for the length of services yes. that are sometimes needed for people to really get in sustainable recovery. But we um, definitely work with what talk about the intake process briefly. How does that how does that go? Let's 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 connect with parents around that. Sure. So um, we have um, an, an admissions team that uh, fields all of our admissions calls. And so um, 
when you call into admissions, I mean, if we're not the, the right place, first of all, we feel very strongly about let's get you connected to who you are. Agreed, so we'll provide 100%. resources because um, that's really what it's about. And um, so we'll do a screening process. You know, we'll, we'll talk with usually not always. Sometimes the caller is the participant themselves. And then sometimes more often it's probably a family member. So we do need to have, you know, engagement and agreement with both, you know, the participant right. that wants to come. And um, one of the things that's pretty unique that we do is we have a meet and greet process where we'll actually fly out and meet the participant um, to do any additional assessment to make sure, you know, it's the right fit because that's really what it's all about is we want them to be in the right program for them and then we'll support them with getting back to Westbridge. How many beds? In our residential program, so we have 10 um, beds for ongoing admissions. We save two beds, so it's technically 12, but the two beds are for respite beds. So for our participants that are living in the community with our ACT program, if they have a reoccurrence of symptoms, or hopefully, you know, prior to a reoccurrence of symptoms or substances, we can support them in utilizing our residential program. And it could be for a night, a weekend, you know, weeks, sure. whatever is needed to help kind of avoid hospitalization and, yeah. you know, manage relapse. Medical so, detox? We do not do medical no. detox. Okay. So if somebody requires that and they call, we'll, you know, get them connected to a okay. place and then hopefully be able to work with them from there. Okay. How can people get in touch with Westbridge if they, they, they want a, a loved one? To, to visit you guys and, and check you out. Sure. So our west our website, excuse me, is westbridge.org, um, and all of our contact information is on there. So you can do an inquiry straight from there, um, or you know, phone numbers are on there as well. Okay. Um, uh, Gordon, Stacy, thank you guys so much for for doing Beyond Risk and Back. I appreciate it. Thank you, uh, folks. Westbridge is for Thanks, eighteen Sarah. and up. Boys, boys, uh, uh, men. Uh, I say boys, an eighteen year old addict. Their brain's still 14, but yes, uh, <laughs> but uh, you're working with men. You're working with adults. Yes. Okay, you guys. Thanks so much Thank for being so here. Much. Appreciate the support you give families. Thank, Thank you. Aaron. All right, talk soon. This has been another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. Thank you so much, parents, for making Beyond Risk and Back a number one parenting podcast. I'd like to thank CCSAD for their support and the opportunity to interview all of these amazing guests for this series. If you have seen Beyond Risk and Back on any of the five major social media sites, you can thank Your Cause Consulting. Your Cause Consulting specializes in marketing companies that have something going on bigger than just running their business. They have a cause. If you'd like to contact Your Cause Consulting, go to yourcauseconsulting at gmail.com. All the sound and the music was engineered and created by Deepin Productions. To reach Deepin Productions, go to deepinproductions at gmail.com. D-E-E-P-E-N productions at gmail.com. This is Aaron Huey. Parents, remember to take care of yourselves first, your adult relationships second, and your children third. In that way, we do our best work with our children. We'll talk again soon.